Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 346. Today is November 28th, 2021. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, I want to do a real quick episode. I know there, there are a lot of people that are panicked and concerned about the Black Friday sell-off. The media is stoking the fears again about a new Delta variant. They're calling this one Omicron. There's a lot of better names they could have used, probably like OmniBS, but we'll put that off for another time. Listen, I just want to do a quick episode. I know that most of you that are long-term loyal listeners, you know that I am not at all concerned. I'm very happy with the overall fundamentals of the stock market, particularly the upside that a lot of the service companies have in terms of profitability. In fact, the day before Thanksgiving, I went in and added to a lot of positions. If I could predict the future, if my crystal ball wasn't so cloudy, I would have waited until the crash on Friday to buy those stocks. But the bottom line is, I'm not concerned, I'm not worried. I just put out a blog post over at investablewealth.com where I mentioned that the two narratives that the media has been promulgating for the last 21 months are not only inaccurate, They're both mutually exclusive, and the media simply just vacillates between the two. I say they're not accurate because whenever the media stokes the fires of panic, there's some immediate fear, but then what happens? The market goes on to set an all-time record high. And that's true across all the indexes. Some indexes are more resilient than others. But bottom line, since we had the first knowledge of COVID-19, The S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, the Russell 2000, they have all consistently reacted to every dip and to every fear-mongering attack by the media by recovering and eventually going on to put in all-time record highs. All of those indexes had hit a high, whether it was a closing high or an intraday high, within the last two and a half weeks, some of them just putting in highs a couple days ago. This Black Friday sell-off, in my opinion, is nothing to worry about. It's nothing different than what we've seen over the last 21 months. The media narratives are both wrong and they're mutually exclusive because if one were true, the other couldn't be. But in fact, neither one I believe is accurate. And I'll get to that in a second. As far as the first thing that obviously we've been hearing for 21 months is that COVID and its many variants is going to squelch consumer demand and that's going to crash the stock market. That's what the big panic is that happened just a day or so ago. As I've said for nearly two years now, this is a virus. It's not stage four cancer. And whenever we see that investors ignore the media and they don't worry about COVID variant, well, then the media jumps in with their second narrative, which is exclusive of the first, which is the fact that the economy is doing so well and the markets have so drastically recovered that now we're in hyperinflation and the Federal Reserve has to raise interest rates. And of course, that will squelch consumer demand and the stock market will crash. That was all the panic and fear that we heard about going into these fall months, you know, September and October, the most volatile months of the year, prepare for a big crash. Well, it didn't happen. And that's why As we got into early November, all those indexes started setting new record highs. And so this dip that just occurred a couple days ago, I'm not at all worried about it. 
In fact, not only am I not worried about it from the aspect of COVID shutting down the economy, but I also think to some degree it puts a nail in the coffin of the Federal Reserve raising interest rates anytime soon. That's why I used the title in this episode to be somewhat hyperbole, and not that the Federal Reserve is never going to raise interest rates, but certainly I don't think any time in the near future this latest variant gives the Fed every reason in the world to step back and to take a pause and say we are not going to do anything drastic to monetary policy. We are not going to drastically come out and raise interest rates because the economy, as evidenced by the fear that we just saw on Black Friday, the economy is still susceptible to aftershocks and fears of COVID-19. And without the Federal Reserve putting the brakes on monetary policy, I think it's likely that this bull market could keep running for a long, long time. Something else I want to cover, and I'm just going to do this briefly. Another big reason why I don't think the Federal Reserve is going to drastically raise interest rates, and another main reason why I've never been worried about hyperinflation is that I believe that two of the biggest drivers of the inflation that we've seen are not at all related to Federal Reserve policy. And so by raising interest rates, it wouldn't curb these two events and it would only act to hurt the economy. And I don't think the Fed wants to do that. I especially don't think that this administration wants the Fed to do that as we go into the 22 midterm elections. So here it is. I don't hear anybody talking about this, but two of the biggest reasons that I see for the drastic inflation that we've had over the last 20 months or so isn't a direct result of what the Federal Reserve has done, and it's only a secondary side effect or so of government policy, and that has to do with immigration. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but listen, the, the two big drivers of where, where I see the inflation coming from are number one, immigration, or actually the lack of it, and number two, the inheritance and the major transfer of wealth that has taken place as we've seen so many senior citizens die over the last two years and that money being inherited by their heirs. And we all know what someone does when they inherit money, they spend it. Okay, so quickly, just touching on these two concepts. A lot of the inflation that we're seeing is due to wage increase inflation. A great deal of that has to do with the fact that senior citizens have either passed away or have taken early retirement or have decided not to work in the capacity that they were before because they're afraid of the COVID virus. If you look at the labor statistics, you'll see that the greatest loss in the labor force has come from Primarily senior citizens or people 50 years of age and older. There's been also a lot of women that have left the workforce, and that's probably primarily related to child care. But the biggest overall impact has been older people leaving the workforce, again, either because they've died or because they've taken early retirement or because they're concerned and don't want to expose themselves to the virus, and so they've left the workforce. That's drastically caused a huge demand for workers. Now, that's been talked about, but the immigration aspect of it, or the lack of immigration, I haven't heard a lot of mention of. I think that has likewise had a huge impact on both the high end and the low end of the labor force. On the high end, you know, the doctors, the PhDs, the tech workers that would normally be immigrating into this country 
Well, that has all nearly stopped over the last two years. And so those high-skilled workers are not coming into the country and not competing for those high-end jobs. That's pushing up wages and labor costs in the high-tech and in the medical sector. And then on the low end of it, likewise, the migrant workers, the low-skilled workers that have come in over the last decade or more from Central America, that also has either been greatly reduced or in some cases totally cut off over these last 20 months. And so you're seeing a huge demand and need for those low-skilled and low-cost workers in things like agriculture and service sectors like restaurants and janitorial-type work. And without those low-skilled immigrants coming in to accept those jobs, likewise, that has drastically raised the low-end scale of hourly wages. So immigration has had a huge factor, and the Federal Reserve raising interest rates isn't going to change that. Now, as far as the inheritance, this has absolutely been the most concentrated transfer of wealth between generations that's ever taken place in such a short period of time. We've had nearly 800,000 people dying in the United States of COVID. The vast, vast majority of them were senior citizens. Senior citizens tend to have higher net worth than the general population, and it depends on what end of the scale you're looking at. But the numbers are something like at least $200,000 of median net worth per senior citizen, and as high as over a million dollars if you look at the average net worth. And that's such a great disparity in those numbers because we have a concentration of wealth, and it makes the mean and the average numbers so different. But the bottom line is, with so many senior citizens passing away in the last 20 months or so, all that money has been passed on to their heirs, which are either their children or their grandchildren. And whenever people inherit money, they either buy a new house or they upgrade their home or they buy a second home or they purchase a car or they use that money to fund their underfunded retirement savings. And so across the board, what you have is an increase in demand and an increase in asset prices from cars to real estate to stocks. And I think more than anything, that has had the largest impact on the inflation that's taken place over the last 21 months. And again, the Federal Reserve really can't do anything to change that in terms of monetary policy or raising interest rates. It wouldn't do any good. The fact of the matter is that all these people have passed away. The death toll is much less severe than it had been over previous months. So we are building immunity as a society, as a community. The pandemic is eventually moving to an endemic state. And so nature will take its course. Less people will die. That will mean that less wealth will be transferred. Less people will inherit all that money. They won't run out and spend it. The borders will eventually be reopened. And that will mean that both low-skilled and low-wage labor, as well as highly skilled and highly compensated workers will be coming back into America because the bottom line is that this country, with all of its problems, remains a thriving, dynamic economy, and everybody all over the world wants to come here for that opportunity. And so, no, I'm not worried. I'm not concerned about the latest variant of COVID. I think this is, yet again, one more dip to take advantage of. 
And if I could share just one thought or concept with you, it's that over the last 36 years or more that I've been investing, the biggest lesson that I've learned is to never underestimate the resilience and the strength of the United States economy. So hey, take that for what it's worth. As always, I appreciate you listening. Until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.